Hi, I'm Lori Wright, also known as Not Your Average Grandma. I created this podcast as a place for women in their second half of life to go to to receive inspiration. If you are at a place where you believe your best days are behind you, it is my hope one of these episodes will spark you to think differently and lead you to a new belief that your second half may actually be your best half. I want you to stop seeing your age as a limitation and start seeing it as your superpower. You have years of experience and value that the younger you never had. So it's time to lean into that and use it to fuel your future. No more letting age or circumstances hold you back from the pursuit of a more fulfilling and fun life. The happier we are, the better the world will be. So instead of settling for what you don't want, how about going after what you do want? Listen in and let something you hear prompt you to take the first step in making the rest your best. Hello, welcome to another lesson learned. I I always wonder, should I say lessons or lesson? Sometimes it's multiple lessons in one episode. So this is uh, the lesson in misinterpreting your purpose signs. So I've been talking about purpose a lot on the latest podcast episodes, because I am getting ready to do a free training on pursuing purpose in your second half. And of course, I can't cram everything into the training. I have basically three, it's a three part series. So I have one hour each night. Uh, I'm going to deliver it at night. I've had a lot of questions from people uh, that, oh, I can't be there on Tuesday night. Well, I get the recording. Yes, everybody gets the recordings. Uh, But if you show up live, number one, you have a better experience because you get to interact with me and you get to interact with the other participants, the other women. Uh, That's really fun to do. Uh, And then, uh, yeah, you get a prize maybe. Um, I'm going to be giving away a prize at the end of the live trainings. I used to do it. Well, you'd get a prize if you attended live training, but I did it like the next day, but we have a a new procedure we're going to try. So fingers crossed it'll work. I was actually in the group because I have a Facebook group. You don't have to be in Facebook to take the training because I'm going to put the training on a website. Uh, but you miss all the, you know, the fun, the engagement. I'm doing these warm up exercises right now and asking them some questions because, you know, nobody wants to sit and twiddle their their thumbs while they're waiting for a training. They they might uh, forget about it. So I have to like be in there and asking them questions. But anyways, uh, so I had these scheduled lives and the one on Thursday that I did, uh, my internet went out right before I, I mean, I was on the internet upstairs and I came down to my studio uh, and I got on my computer and no internet and the internet's been flaky. Uh, we've always had consistent internet and it's just for some reason, like around lunchtime and it's been a couple times this past week, the internet goes out and I work from home too. So it's like, dang it. Uh, I need the internet. We rely on this technology. So I was very swift. Um, although I was freaking out a bit because, you know, they're the people that are, have, have signed up. They I've committed to be on at a certain time and I'm not there. And they're like, where is she? What's, what's going on? Uh, and so I was able within like 10 minutes to figure it out. I got on my phone. So I used this application to set up the live stream. And so I thought I always had to be inside the application, but I figured out how to get on on my phone. So it was, a, uh, I, I, don't want that to happen uh, next week. But regardless, I mean, if it if it does happen, I'll figure out a way to, to, to work around it. 
because I'm not your average grandma, right? Uh, it might be a little slower, but I'll figure it out. Uh, so yeah, so those are next week, but there will be replays. So if you sign up, no, no fretting, uh, you will, you'll get the replay. So I'm really excited about that. And then, uh, the second half spark school opens, uh, and I always love, you know, the, it's, it's just a fun time because, you know, a lot of the people that I meet are in the free program. Um, but a lot of people, like one of my students last time, she had been to four of my free trainings. And so I kind of knew her because she had, I had done this, uh, like mini Facebook group thing for like 60 days. So I kind of knew her uh, from that. So her name was familiar to me. And then she finally uh, was at, at the right time in her life to join. So, but I always, it's always fun because it's the newness. It's like that first date meeting the boyfriend for the first time. Uh, and you have that little butterfly feeling. And then you, you know, bec become friends through the process. And it's, and I, I get to watch them. I always say as a coach that one of the best things that I get to do is I am, get to sit on the sidelines and watch. It's like watching the most amazing game being played where I know the person who's going to win. I know the person's going to win. And so I'm just seeing them through the game get better and better and better. And, you know, I, I envision a basketball court and they're like, you know, missing baskets at first. And then they're like, like hitting three pointers, hitting half court shots. So that's my analogy as somebody who likes sports and is uh, my team, my basketball team's playing in a couple hours. So it's probably front of mind. But anyways, I want to get into the episode uh, of the day because this is something that came to me that I thought, and it's based on the experience. And I thought, wow, this is really valuable. And when I sat down to do the outline and, and write my notes of what I wanted to say, it came like so easy. It was almost like it was coming from somewhere else. And like my pen was going like crazy. Um, nothing forced. It just came. And I was like, when that happens, it's a message that I know that people need. And I know it's a message that I'm going to be passionate about delivering. And so I'm going to talk about um, the difference between skill, gift, and what I I created this name, Bright Work. I'm just, I, I was like, what can I call this? What can I call this? Uh, and it's being aligned with your soul. That's the kind of like work, right? But I like to call it bright work. I like to put things in terms that people can understand because a lot of people are like, I don't know what alignment is. I know how to align my car, <laughs> you know, when it's veering off the road, kind of similar, right? When you're aligned, you're on the right path. You're on the right road to where you're meant to go. People make assumptions, make mistakes, and they think their purpose is a skill they have or a gift they have, but if either of the two aren't putting them in the bright light that shines when it emanates from them when they're doing bright, that's why I call it bright work. It makes a person brighter because they they walk with this, you know, positivity, this happiness, this joy that's palatable, you know? And so, so... I'm going to talk about these three things and I'm going to give you my experiences 
in making the mistakes that I see a lot of people making. So hopefully this will help you kind of look at your life and where have, if you're not feeling like you're living purposefully and you're not feeling passionate, then this should resonate. And I want you to look at your life and say, where have I and not necessarily, I don't want to say you've gone wrong because our, our path is there for a reason to teach us, but where can you look back and learn from veering off the path that you're meant to walk? And like, that's why I didn't find my purpose until I was almost 60 years old. And it was, and it's was still evolving. Of course, I was like, had the idea of this is, and it lit me up, but then I had to take the action to pursue it. So, so I'm going to talk about these three things. First of all, skill, a skill is something that can be developed. So you might have a skill in something like accounting, nursing, this is what we go to school for, right? Get a degree for some of skills are, are just like on the job training. I was a project manager. So I learned that as, you know, on the job, I didn't go to school for project management. They didn't even have schools for project managers. Now they have the certification PMI. I never got certified in PMI and I, I found that a lot of people who do PMI are kind of like, they're like kind of by the book and they weren't like, uh, one of the things I think I do good as a, uh, as a project manager, I, what one of my talents is I'm very adaptable. I'm very flexible. So when like the, the, something shifts in the project deadline changes or, you know, monkey wrench gets thrown into it. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm really good at, I'm not like real rigid about it. So, so things can be on, on the job or life training, uh, and then, you know, other things, nursing, I, I work with a lot of nursing juggling, I thought, cause like skills can be hobbies you develop. Right. But it's knowledge in a, in, a, in an area, a topic area. Right. And so we develop skills for different reasons. So a lot of times our parents did it. So it's like, oh, if they did it and, you know, genetically, we probably have a knack for it. Right. Um, and plus they've modeled it for us. So it's familiar. Uh, so that's one reason. Uh, another reason is <clears throat> our parents want us to do it. So this happens a lot. Uh, somebody in the group just posted about she was she was in her family's business. I asked people to say like, when was an unhappy time where you weren't lit up in your life? That was one of the warm up questions. Somebody said, oh my gosh, I had I was in the family business and it was miserable. I hated it. So some people like it. I'm not saying skills are meant to, you know, that you're not going to like them. I'm just saying the skills are a thing. We develop them and there's reasons that we develop them. Um, another reason you develop a skill is it makes us money. And the other reason is because we're interested in it. And what I find, unfortunately, is that the last reason, because we're interested in it, is usually the last thing we pick for a job to do, you know, we develop a skill for a job because our parents did it, our parents want to do us do it, or it makes us money. And rarely because it, I mean, it might interest us a little bit, but it probably doesn't light us up, right? And so that is kind of the skill bucket. Gifts, I see gifts as innate in us. It's kind of like, we are born with it, uh, and it's just something that oh, kind of came with us. It's just a part of who we are, uh, and 
it, things like uh, typically when I think of a gift, I think of singing, dancing, uh, playing an instrument, but like kind of artsy things, uh, painting, uh, but you can be good with numbers. Uh, you can be innately good with people. You know, have you ever like been in a conversation with somebody and like they automatically you like you love them they're you they're, they make you it's the conversation so easy and you just want to like when you go to a party and they're there you just want to go talk to them so that's a gift that's a gift people have um and some gifts people know about they, they they're born and it's like a lot of times like a uh somebody who has an ear for music will get a little baby piano by accident and then they'll start typing on it um or playing it and the parent will be like oh my god and you know the, the the gifts are discovered sometimes by accident just through um childhood play uh and so that so that you know that is um people lucky i think who who can find that um and some are dormant i like to say so we if we aren't exposed to the thing that we're gifted at, how will we ever know it's there? So I see that uh, there's a lot of people who get to midlife who have gifts inside and they don't know they have them. They're just like, they're dormant. They're invisible. Uh, but, I, you know, an example is, so uh, my youngest daughter, she wanted a piano or piano lessons, put it that. She wanted piano lessons for her 14th birthday. I never exposed my kids to music because I didn't have music in my family. Uh, and so I didn't even get play an instrument. You know, a lot of uh, schools require that you play an instrument like in middle school. And we could opt out in my middle school uh, and have chorus, do chorus, and I can't sing either. So, but I thought, um, and I don't know what the reason was, but I picked chorus instead of instruments. But so, yeah, so I never really uh, was exposed to music. And so she said she wanted to piano lessons. So I found a piano teacher and she started going to piano lessons. And little did I know that she was like really gifted in music. In fact, uh, what was the movie? Titanic. Titanic was happening about that time. And she loved the music in Titanic. She actually started playing one of the Titanic songs by ear, like by ear. I was like, <gasps> so, uh, yeah. And so she loved the boy band Hanson. And so I could do a whole episode on Hanson and how many Hanson concerts I've been to. But um, she got really inspired by them and then wanted to, and her favorite one played the keyboard. I think that was one one of the reasons she wanted to learn how to play music. But yeah, so that's an example of something that is very untapped and she wasn't exposed to it because her parents didn't have that in their lives and didn't think of it. And so, yeah, so sometimes gifts are discovered accidentally. And so uh, bright work, as I'm calling it, is I what I think it is, is a combination of these two things. Uh, and so it, and I think what's important to know too, if you're not in a, if you're in a place where you're not feeling purposeful, that the, the reason you came here, the, the, the purpose you came here for could be an undeveloped skill and an untapped gift. 
because skills, we always, when we think of skills, we think of things we've developed in the past, but I, I, I'm a coach. It lights me up like nothing I've ever done before. And I didn't learn how to coach until I was 60, 61. And so when I got certified and so, yeah, I, I good at talking to people, <laughs> that was my gift, but I didn't develop the skill where I could use it and really help people, which is now my purpose. And so completely untapped. So the mistake most people make is that, well, there's two mistakes. So I'm going to talk about the two mistakes. The first one is, is just what I touched on is that they think the skills that they have now um, are, are what they have to like find their purpose on. Yeah. Like, like, it's like, I must utilize what's already within me, but that is a misperception because you can develop skills in anything we haven't at midlife and beyond our brain hasn't stopped working. We just haven't, some of us don't use it enough and it gets kind of slow because we're busy watching TV and looking at social media and we're not exercising our brain. It's a muscle, just like the other parts of our body need to be like exercised. And so don't look at just the skills you've developed. Look at the skills that you are interested in. That's the key. The skills, the skills you've developed are probably Things your parents wanted you to do, things you made you money, uh, things that uh, your parents did. You need to explore that other thing, things you're interested in. And a lot of times people have hobbies and they're very lucky. Um, so hobbies are more what you're interested in, right? But we don't. we make the mistake of not doing the work in what we're interested in as the number one priority, right? So... That's really what keeps people stuck. And I, I, again, I'm just saying this because my experience, my own personal experience from being stuck for way too long and working with people, how I know they're stuck and getting out of that stuckness. But the other mistake is that they, a job, you think a job that you had that utilized their skill, the skills or, or, um, gifts, um, and it sucked. Like, it was like, when you think back, you're like, oh my gosh, I was miserable and I, worst job ever. And they make the mistake of thinking because I hated that job, then those skills aren't the skills that I can use in my purposeful work. And so you go off that path because you think those skills didn't light me up. Well, no, it wasn't the skills that didn't let you up. It was the method in their application. <laughs> you know, it was the job you were doing. So many things affect your your working environment, like the people that you work with. You could have had a horrible boss. Uh, somebody else in the group was saying how her, her boss was always putting her down and critical of her. I can't imagine. That's like emotional abuse daily. Um, and then you know, you, you end up working with 
coworkers or um, the model of the job is just not your cup of tea. It's just, it's just kind of not aligned with what you think would be how you would want to do your skill in the best case scenario. Uh, and so, so they turn away from that. Um, and then they don't examine why, like, like they don't like, look, they just look at it as a, they kind of look at it as a, you know, a lump, like, Oh, it, that I can't do that. The job sucked. So I got to learn something else. I got to do something else because it's not that. So that is, uh, the two mistakes. Okay. So I'm going to give you my experiences because I love examples on, um, both of those mistakes that people are making. The mistake I made where thinking my skills were what I needed to, that, that my purpose here, it must be on the skills I've developed in my life or I wouldn't have developed them, right? And so I only looked there and and, but those didn't light me up, right? So I learned project management so I'm thinking, oh, what I need to do is teach people how to plan. Uh, and so I do do that, but that's just a very small part of what I do because I do have that skill and it helps people. But I learned it and I became good at it. And so that was something I did for the money because the money was good. And I was offered, I actually started that job in another role in another skill set, technical writing, and I was promoted into that position because they had a need and they asked me to. It's nothing I applied for. It just kind of like happened that way. And I, I was good at it. I just, it was a natural thing for me. So you can say maybe I was gifted at it, but I think my, my skills were more in the people connecting part of project management rather than the organizational skills. And so the truth of the matter was that I didn't really like the details, the detailed aspect of project management work. Uh, and you might be surprised to hear this as a, from a project manager, and my students will probably be surprised to hear this who are listening, but I'm actually more of a winger. I call them wingers, wingers versus planners. Planning is a skill you have to develop. But innately, I, I'm more spontaneous. I like to be spontaneous. I like to just like drop in on people. I like people to drop in on me. Um, and so, yeah, that's my number one gift, I think, um, is, is having great conversations. That's a gift that I have. And I used that in that job. So I used a combination. I developed a skill and I used a gift I had and I was good at it. And I got promoted and I got, uh, you know, great raises. I got uh, rewarded incredibly well. But it wasn't work that uh, I felt was, well, I, I, there was a period there where I felt really lit up about it, but it's when I was in my zone of working with those people and feeling really valued and feeling like um, I really had a mission and a purpose. Um, and I really, my, what I felt in my soul was aligned with the company mission to change people's lives. Um, and that was more at my work at AOL because we were building the internet for, and it was going to change the world. And so that was, that lit me up. That was very purposeful work. But at the end of the day, I went to other jobs as a project manager that didn't light me up, that drained me. So it wasn't the skill and it wasn't the gift. 
because I still had those things. I was still working them, but different environments. So I had to like figure out what was the thing, the combination that was really the work I was supposed to do. And that's what took a while to figure out. And, and, you know, a lot of this, I didn't even realize and still I started to do the work on myself that I was so unhappy and unmotivated and, you know, unfocused and just so many things, which together add up to being stuck. And so I started to do the work and, um, it started, I remember with this law of attraction journal and, and so I, I was doing a lot of soul searching, personal development. And what I figured out is that my number one gift, and you may be surprised by this gift, uh, is having great conversations. I just have a knack for having great conversations. Great conversations light me up like nothing. I get so energized. And part of what I love to do in conversations is when somebody asks me for advice or, you know, they're struggling with something, I love to give them ideas. So in project management work, that's a lot of what I did from a project standpoint. Like we would get together. I loved the people that would come onto the project that were difficult to deal with and like turning them around. So that was a sign of like, I never even saw a sign that I, I probably could be a coach or I would really enjoy that as a profession. And honestly, I did have thoughts about becoming a therapist, but I didn't want to go back to work. I mean, this is all like happening when I'm in my fifties, right? I don't want to go back to and get a degree and have to start from scratch. So I just uh, had to figure it out. And so I figured out this gift that I had. And the other thing that I realized, and when I started working with one of my mentors, uh, he pointed out the reason why I love uh, to watch the social interaction shows, the reality TV shows like Survivor and Big Brother. Um, I love to really see people in a social interaction. I love to, I love to try to figure out what makes them tick. And so when I realized that, you know, you think, oh my gosh, I'm doing this, wasting my time watching TV. Well, what are you watching? You know, is what you're watching making you like, is it, is it something that like, you're like, oh, that's, I'm curious about that. That really kind of lights me up. I really am interested in that. Tune into that. If it's just like for like, a, you know, rubbernecking somebody's disastrous life, then that that's not probably not going to light you up. Um, uh, so, so I used to always feel a little bit of guilt because I watched these shows. But then when I started to coach and I started getting mentored and, you know, really soul searching, like what in my past could have told me was a hint, was a sign that I didn't see or that I misinterpreted because I was misinterpreting a sign as like bad. You don't do that. Only bad people watch reality TVs. That's a time suck. And yeah, it's a time suck. But 
I wanted to jump into the TV and help those people. <laughs> I want to jump in the TV and like suck some sense into them. Uh, and I also had a desire to be on the show, but like, uh, you know, over time, I'm like, I would never want to go there because you, you no matter what, the way they edit, you can always, it, it always ends up being a not, a not good situation. So I don't want to be, uh, you know, we, we all have these sides when we're put in these social situations and a lot of them are uh, staged. Right. And so, you, you know, you, you forget you're on camera and then, you know, this, this like side comes out of you that, you know, the whole world sees. And, and then that's the only thing they show. They don't show the good parts. Right. So you have to be careful with that. But I am a good, I love to sit and witness uh, and watch these people um, interact with each other. So social situations are my jam, right? That's what they are. Um, but I never knew this was a gift. I just didn't. Um, and so that was kind of a full circle moment when I realized, oh my gosh, I never thought I had a gift. I can't sing. I can't dance. I can't do anything special. But a lot of people can't have great conversations. So, and a lot of people don't like have conversations that make people feel great, right? And so being a positive force in, in social situations is a gift. Of course, it's a gift. Why wouldn't it be a gift? And pay attention if it lights you up. If you're an introvert and you dread social situations, it's, it's not your thing. It's not your thing. Don't be forced into it. Uh, so, yeah, so that was one. And then the other mistake in where I misinterpreted uh, where where the you think what you're doing is not your gift, but it really is in that scenario. My mistake was I when I went to college, uh, I asked my mom for advice and I wanted to do social work. She said, you'll never make money doing that. So that put in my head, I got to make money, number one, and, and which is a belief that I had to like rewire. Um, but number two, uh, my dad was a teacher. My mom was a teacher. My sister became a teacher later. Uh, so I was like, oh, okay, I'll just be a teacher. I'll just be a teacher. That's what I'll do. Well, I'll tell you, one of the signs of not being in bright work is when you have to drag your butt to class. <laughs> so I took this communications class in college and OMG, it changed my life. I loved it. It was like, I, it taught me so much. That was like, I think the first time I learned about the ego um, and, and communication dynamics and what happens. I remember it's like when you have two people um, and then you introduce a third, there's oftentimes like problems with communication once a third person. I, I just, there's stuff that I remember from that. And it literally changed my relationship with my sister-in-law. And because I started to apply some of the things I was learning in that class, that class was bright work for me. The English education classes that I was taking to be an English teacher drained me. It was horrible. I, I hated it. And hence, I dropped out of college. Now, I dropped out because I, you know, so, nursing a broken heart and I need to take a semester off. And then I never went back because I met my ex-husband during that break. But 
the point is, is that I, I didn't want to go back to school because I didn't like it. Um, but what I did is I got a substitute teaching job because I had, uh, I was able because of, you know, I had enough, like, I guess, because I had enough school or whatever, um, to be a substitute teacher in the county that I lived in. And so, and plus my dad was the assistant principal and he was the one who uh, hired the substitutes. That was a little help there. Um, and so there was a teacher that was, had to have back surgery. And so she was going to be going out for an extended period of time. So it wasn't just like babysitting a class for a day. It was like me going in for nine weeks, a grading period, a whole grading period and teaching seventh grade English. Well, that was a nightmare. <laughs> hated it. Hated it. I wanted to talk to the students about life more than I wanted to like teach them about English. Uh, I did not like the teaching in the classroom environment. You know, kudos to all the teachers out there. I just didn't like it. Now, looking back, maybe I would have liked high school teach teaching. Maybe I would have liked kindergarten, um, but I did not like it. And so that is another reason I never went back to school because I was like, well, I got to, thank God, I got to test it out before I actually finished my degree. Uh, my parents might not agree with that because they put a lot of money to college that just didn't go. I mean, it, I, I met my best friends for life. Um, there was a lot of great things about my college experience. I met my husband now because he was my college boyfriend who broke my heart at that time. But um, obviously I recovered. So yeah, so, and I did do a podcast episode about that way back. I'll stick, I'll stick it the link in the show notes. You might be curious about my backstory with him. But anyways, uh, yeah. So as I matured and started doing different jobs in my life, I started to do training. I, I would create the training materials. I had this one job where we had, I had to, um, it was kind of like this uh, software, hardware uh, integration. We sold this like thing that, uh, you could plug into your computer and it would force a login before the operating systems had logins built into the computers. You had to like, we sold this thing and you just like stuck it in your computer and it it forced a login. It's when security started being like important with the government. I worked for a government consulting firm. And uh, and so they needed somebody to, uh, I was hired as a technical writer. So they was like, okay, can you write the training and can you deliver the training? And so I was like, sure, sure, I'll do that. I loved it. I loved the adult students. I loved them coming in. I loved creating the curriculum. I loved training them. Um, and I was, you know, the thing that also, uh, the other aspect about training, if you're somebody who likes training, is you're also learning. So you you have to learn what you train. So there's this learning aspect where you're kind of like a constant learner, which I which I I love too. And so what I learned by a personality test is that my number one uh, you know personality type for uh, the work that lights me up is advisor, which is what a coach does, and number two is a sage, which is a person who teaches. And isn't that funny? That's what I do now. <laughs> so my mistake is misinterpreting 
the signs that I actually was supposed to be this advisor, be this teacher, be this person that makes a different and difference in people's lives with information and sharing that information. And that's what a teacher does. But because the environment uh, and the model that I was placed in turned me off so much, I went off that path and only came back to it because of a job that I had that I, number one, didn't apply for. Because remember, that when I was saying that, I did not... Uh, I was, I was a technical writer. I wasn't a trainer. They didn't hire me to be a trainer. So it just kind of fell into my lap. And, and, you know, what I know now about how the universe like drops things into you, uh, you know, like Tony Robbins calls them breadcrumbs and we just walk over them. That was a big breadcrumb, right? Dropped right down there. Like, you know, this is what you're good at, Lori. This is what really lights you up, Lori. Notice, notice. But I didn't know anything about purpose then. I didn't know anything about how you really have a purpose and you need to live your purpose and you're born here to do something. I didn't know any of that. I, you know, we didn't, that personal development wasn't a thing yet. How was a working mom? Uh, yeah, doing laundry and uh, dealing with the the things that you deal with as a young mom. So anyways, yeah. So those are the signs that you miss, right? Because you think that this one experience you had it's it's not your thing, but you need to dissect it. You need to look at it. What are the skills that have made you, not because you had to do them or because you were told to do them or because they made you money, what are the skills that you actually enjoy that you kind of, when you do them, when you do that work, when you like, like somebody who's an accountant, they should not be an accountant unless they, when they get into a spreadsheet, they get lost. They're like, oh my gosh, the time flies and I can't go to bed at night when I'm working on the, the accounting, uh, the taxes or whatever the, the thing. And, and accounting has different aspects, right? There's different aspects, just like lawyering, there's different aspects. It's like so different. There's so many different, uh, you know, activities that different lawyers do patent attorneys versus, you know, defense lawyers or, you know, there's just different. So it's not the title to focus on. It's the activity within. And so what are those skills that light us up? What are the gifts that we have that have probably been untapped or undiscovered? And it's just getting silent and and stopping like going 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 with a schedule that isn't making you happy and start to like sit and think and contemplate and 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 if it's something that you don't have a skill in what interests you that you want to develop a skill in and it doesn't necessarily mean that that's going to be the thing but you need to you need if you're interested in it take a step towards that dabble in it and it might lead you to somewhere else because I like to say, and I believe this, is that when you get a download, it, a thought, and to me, a thought that isn't forced, a thought that isn't like somebody's suggestion to you, when you have a thought that just kind of drops in your head, that's a download from the universe. When you have that thought, you wouldn't have that thought if you weren't meant to take a step. Like, what, what does that mean? What does that, I had this idea, had this thought, what does that mean? And what could I do? to implement 
or put some concrete action behind that thought. So if it was something that interested me, what can I do to further that interest? And that interest might lead you to something even better. That download and that action you take, even if it's not the thing that is the ultimate thing, it's the step towards it and it will take you there. And so that is what I want to say. So I thought this was really important because I have taken this long and meandering path. If you look at it, it's like this big squiggly line, like somebody's lost in the wilderness. <laughs> and that was me because I didn't know how to walk a straight line right to what I was meant to do. And thank God I finally got here. Uh, and, and I'm, st I, you know, it's, it's an evolution. I'm still evolving. I'll evolve until I, I lay down and die. And that's what I love too about it is because then you have this whole perspective of it's a constant, it's a constant journey you walk, but it's the journey that becomes a straight line and it becomes the most glorious, magical journey that you could have ever imagined. In fact, you can't even imagine it in your mind because you can only imagine, well, that's what I help teach people is how to imagine something different than uh, your past experiences. Because we are so limited with what we've lived. And so our imagination is very limited because we, we rule things out. And so what is ahead of you, if you do the work, is something you can't, you can't yet imagine. And 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 it's that's what makes it so glorious once you get there because you're like, holy crap. It's it's like I I thought this was gonna be like 20 colors and it's like infinity colors. And so yeah, it's it's uh better than Dorothy walking out of her house and into uh the colorful scenery of the Wizard of Oz, whatever that what was that? I can't even remember the name of what it was Oz. I guess it was Oz. <laughs> <laughs> don't make it harder than it is Lori. okay so that's it for today i uh, hope this was helpful and my experiences you can relate to but really think about it take some time and set aside some quiet time to just sit there with with a pen and a piece of paper pencil paper and jot things down that come up and make sure you jot them down i started carrying yellow stickies around and like things that are coming up because I, I want to make sure that this training is great for people and they get so much that the, and they want get more than what they came for. But I also am doing updates to the second half spark school and I keep getting these ideas that I want to teach my students. And so new ideas and they keep coming up all the time. And it's just like, all I have to do is really figure out how to organize it. So, so it's not like drinking out of a fire hose, but lots of great stuff. Uh, and so I started using a sticky. So like take a sticky with you, take and make sure you start to use your voice notes on your phone. So you can like capture thoughts, like speak them into your voice notes when you're driving. So you, uh, it's just like having a, a tape recorder with you. And so when you get back home, then you can jot them onto a piece of paper, but, but capture these because our, we're so busy that when we have these thoughts, they dissipate, they dissipate, they come to us. We're supposed to grab them and keep them because they're important. They're coming from somewhere greater than our logic mind. And they come to us and we need to keep them. We need to retain them. We need to write them down and we need to act on them. We need to consider them. Um, 
and you let them feed you in terms of like, how can this be the thing that will lead me to more joy, more happiness, more purpose in my life? All right. All right. And I hope I see you at the training. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning into the Living Your Spark second half podcast. If you'd like to watch my guest interviews, you can find the video version of this podcast on my Not Your Average Grandma YouTube channel. Also, you can check out what I have going on at the moment by going to my website at notyouraveragegrandma.com or find me on Instagram or Facebook at Not Your Average Grandma. If you like this episode, please mention it to a friend and don't forget to leave a review so I know the topics you like best and can bring you more of that content in upcoming episodes. Last but not least, remember to always listen to that inner voice that will never steer you wrong and make living from the most sparked place possible your biggest priority. When we do that, we make the world a better place.